Coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, you are now listening to the Sankofa Paradox with Ed D and Low Key on ATL Underground Radio. ATL, what's happening? Welcome back down in the underground for another evening on a Sunday in the Sankofa Paradox. Hosted by me, Ed D. I got Mr. Low Key over here. DJ Neelock on the ones and twos and the resident PhD, Dr. Funkenstein, right here behind me. We're going to get into some heavy stuff today. Once again, we're really going to climb up that spine and dive off deep into your mind today. Um, I'm going to pass over to Brother Loki in just a second. But uh, as always, I'm in another good mood today. Of course, the Falcons on the bye week, so I don't have to deal with any dirty bird losses today. But I uh, hope you're enjoying your football Sunday. Uh, once again, good, good, good job to America. We have a new president coming in, but as always, we are behind the bat, folks. We got four years. We got four years, African Americans, Black America, uh, to to establish ourselves as a political party. I'm gonna keep saying it. I'm gonna keep preaching it. I'm gonna keep putting it out there until we get it done. We must take this next four years, and we are already behind. We must take this next four years and improve our status in this country. Right now, politicians still aren't factoring factoring us in. Uh, to their political plans. Uh, politics is not factoring us into the landscape or, or putting us into the landscape or the thought process or the paradigm or the construct, whatever you want to say. Right now, we really don't matter politically. That's what that means. So we need to take this next four years and really build our foundation and tie up the loose ends and come together and be a political force in this country. If you want to get rid of um, the lesser of the two evils, which is pretty much what we have had to vote for in the last, since forever in this country. We definitely had the lesser of two evils in this, in this election that we are glad with the way it, it, it has gone. But if you want to get rid of that, if you want to turn us into a group of people that politicians have to come seek out and gain our support, you know, the Teamsters, the, the, the unions, the the affluent sides of, of, of the country and of the cities and towns, we need to be in the, in, the, in the conversation of, I got to go talk to these people. I got to go talk to this group of people and gain their support. We, we need to get busy. We need to get busy. So I'm going to go ahead and throw this alley-oop on over to the brother, Mr. Lowkey. He's going to let you know. What up, what ATL? What's what up, on? world? Hey, thank you all for joining in and tuning in with us today. This uh, November 15th, 2020 is a special day for some some people out there. So I just want to tell those people out there for your special day, happy birthday, happy anniversary, you happy know. Happy born day. Hey, you know, happy everything, you know. Be happy, be blessed, and hope for a, a, another blessed year. Um, this is a troubling day and time. Yeah, everybody, you know, talks about the election. That's cool. That's fine. That's dandy. But do we really think things change just because somebody else sits in that White House? Nope. I mean, is that really people thought? I mean, yes, policies change, but policies have been changing forever, and nothing has really gotten that be much better for us. Um, before I get into today's topic, I don't know if people know or heard, but there has been another killing that it was that was Emmett Steele, Emmett Steele style. Um, there was a young man named. Quan Bobby Charles, um, and, and and I preface this to say that we must make sure that we always look at our and know where our kids are. But in Louisiana, 
Quan Bobby Charles. Uh, Bobby, Bobby Charles. I mean, I, I remember the hardest time he was saying it. Bobby Charles was found dead in, in a sugarcane field in Louisiana. And the police say it was based upon drowning, but the but the pictures that the family showed, his face looked just like Emmett Till's. And a young man was beaten and thrown into a lake and drowned. They don't know if he died from the beatings or the drowning. I want you all to say, uh, I don't know how to do this, but I want you all to say a prayer for that, that young man's family. Young man was 15 years old. There is, that's senseless. I mean, truly senseless. And um, the trauma that was done to that young man's face is unthinkable. And everybody says, well, this is, you know, 2020. That shouldn't be happening. It's a lot of things that shouldn't be happening that occurs right about now. But the fact that that happened and it happened in the sugar cane field, what's really going on? Um, it's got a lot to tell you about what we what we still are in this country. Cause that's that's um. So Charles's body was found on November third in the sugarcane field, uh, in I in the Iberia Parish in Louisiana. You know, no, it's it's basically near Baldwin, Louisiana. Um, and this situation you know, has me thrown back as as a, a African-American male. Um, yes, I said on air today, as an African-American male that has me feeling a certain type of way because I have nieces and nephews that are that, that age. And I'll tell you right now, world, I will turn this city upside down if something like that happened to one of mine. So... When you think about the things that are occurring to these unarmed black men or men of color, the things that's happened to women of color, the, system, the systematic racism that happens to our people, this right here shows you how down and dirty it can get, how low down and dirty. Because I'm pretty sure it wasn't done by one person. I'm almost positive it was done by a mob of people. And it just so happened that this happens, happened on election day. How about that? That's when his body. That's when his body was found. His body was found on election day. And so, and to anybody that, that feels like if, if you got the nerve to sit somewhere, black or white, Latin, whatever, Asian, and say that there's not a race problem in this world, you really need to get on the internet, do some research, ask around, watch the news. There are just look around your your group of people that you're around every day. There is still a very, a very large group of people in this country who got that evil and that demon in their heart and on their mind that says, you know, black people are less than, you know, black people aren't worthy or worth much. And, you know, they feel like they can just do whatever they want and say whatever they want and get away with it. And a lot of times they're not going to find who did this to this boy. Nobody's going to say anything. Nobody, everybody's going to conveniently get amnesia. There may be, hopefully, God willing, there's going to be one or two, you know, decent people out there that if they saw something, they'll say something. I hope so, for the family's sake. But, but this is in the sugarcane field. We don't know what. This is in the sugarcane yeah, field. In Louisiana. Some, you somebody don't. or some people decided we got one, and they unleashed on that kid, and doggone it. Now somebody got to, you know, got to have a funeral and, and mourn the death of a kid. For you, 15 years old, 
That could have been a doctor. That could have been a lawyer. That could have been the next president. That could have been the next Joint Chief of Staff. He could have been the next top neurosurgeon in the world. Could have been the next top uh, virus or disease killer research doctor in the world. But now, you know, he's he's got to be buried now. And we, we still haven't gotten over this racial thing in this country. It, it's it's bigger than ever. It, it it's become more uh, cunning and 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 um, elusive, and it's woven itself into phrases, clauses, and laws now. But it's still there. It's still there. I I, I see it a lot of times when I'm out where I work places, and it's you can you can see it coming from a mile away. You know, if you've been around it enough, you know, you, if you've had to deal with it enough, you you can see it coming from a mile away, and it's just time out you know it's just time to do and think another way because you see we have you know groups of black folk in this country who have had enough and they are willing to take to some fairly extreme uh measures to to, to start the equal equilibrium to, to start to take place you know so please understand you know, it, it's things are gonna come. I mean, to that family is scarred for life. Like that family oh, no. will never come back from that. No. Like, this is not like this is children, adults, elder. They will never come back from something like this. Nope. And this is when I ask this question right here: Where are all our, where are our black organizations? Yep. Like, let's be real about this situation. Um, today's topic is the black agenda. The black agenda. And, and when I say the black agenda, I mean the black agenda, period. What is our agenda? I mean, from black churches, uh, historically black colleges, Divine, Divine Nine organizations, Prince Hall organizations, the Elks, NAACP, SELC. Where are you? The new one, the NFAC. Where are you all? And my dismay is the church. The Rainbow Coalition, where are you? How about that? My dismay is a Persian rifles. Where are you? Because uh, Persian rifles. <laughs> My dismay is with the church because in the civil rights movement, the church was pretty much the head of that. That's where it started. His leaders that, were the head yeah, of it. Oh well, yeah, yeah, but it, it, if the if the if the leaders were there, that means the church were there back then. Yeah. But my thing is that's where it started from. That's where it got its energy from, the fuel from. That's where the meetings took place. That's where all the strategic planning took place was from the group of church leaders and the church itself. These days now, things happen, and especially the black church, nobody's saying anything. Not a thing. And, and You can ask for a jet, but you can't get out there and speak on behalf of, of Ahmaud Aubrey? How, how about that? Like, now, seriously. Now, now, actually, you struck a nerve with that because I, I, I had that conversation a while back about, you know, some of these mega mega church preachers out here, especially these black mega church preachers. And you got the nerve to be out on social media talking about why you need a jet. Well, get your behind on that jet and fly in to some places. Or how about you feed comfort. your people? Yeah. And have some how about comfort. all these people that's losing their homes? How about okay. you do that? Where are you? Like, yeah. where you at? Yeah. Like, don't give me that bull. Where you at? You run a mega church where people got to show you their W-2s, allegedly. Or or you standing on people's necks about their tithes and offerings. But communities need your help. And You ain't nowhere to be found. Where you at, church? I don't see. I don't see. I ain't seen you do one march. Yeah. Not one. I ain't seen you be out there protesting with nobody. Nobody. I mean, now, I, you you you'll talk about 
you know, you'll, you'll get on LGBTQ, but you won't get on the government. You won't get on injustices. But they, the alphabet people are fighting for theirs. Yeah. Where, where are you at? Where, why are you not fighting? But, but it ain't just the churches. It ain't just the churches. It ain't just the churches. Because, Prince Hall, where you at? Alphas, Q's, Kappas. Kappas, where you at? Where you at? Yeah. NAACP, where, what you doing? Where you at? I mean, the, and that's, SCLC. And that's the organization that really should be making the most noise right now is a NAACP and SCLC, uh, those organizations. And, you know, they haven't been at the forefront of anything for a very long time. When, uh, when well, let me see. And I'll stand corrected on, but when Brother Mike Brown got killed, I don't think I saw a NAACP representative or spokesperson anywhere. I'm going to tell you like when this. When Trayvon Martin got killed, I don't think I saw any black organizations which are supposed to be a part of uh, the infrastructure of our community. You know, you pledge for these three to six months, you get your letters, you do your calm serve, you know, to satisfy your commitments on the campus to your national offices, but then where's the mobilization for Trayvon Martin, for Mike Brown, for Lamont, I mean, uh, uh, Mr. Brother Aubrey, for, you know, a brother of, um, God, I can't believe I got his name. Um, oh, my gosh. The, 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 the police officer sat on his neck. George Floyd. Yeah, well, where's the mobilization for George Floyd? Or Garner. Oh, yeah. Eric Garner. Eric I mean, Garner. This, is this, this is a thing. And I was talking to somebody about the, you know, in New York, you know, in the Bloomberg, they had the stop and frisk and the stop and kiss. Mm-hmm. And I was confused. Like, how do you have a law where you can stop and kiss somebody? You think, like, for real? Like, like you actually in New York, like you actually had this on the books where you can stop on somebody and you think they're doing something wrong, you can kiss them. No, kiss them. Please, please believe. Kiss them. Please, uh, Paul's point, just the doc chimed in real quick. But most states in this country, if you go and look at the laws on their books, you will find some really stupid crap on the books. That are like, and Alabama and Mississippi are two of the most notorious states that have laws on their books. I mean, absolutely no sense. Like, one of those two states have a law. I think they might have just recently done something about it, but up until about three to four years ago, you could beat your wife on the steps of the courthouse at six or seven thirty p.m. any night of the week, or on a specific night of the week. That's a law that is still on their books. Like, what the hell are you doing? So, I mean, just, just a pause for me. But if you check, there's a lot of states in this country that got dumb laws like that on their books that still exist, which is part of the problem in this country right now with responsibility and accountability. But back back on topic, my thing is, you know, going back to something I said earlier, you know, our, our especially our divine our organizations, if you look at a lot of the, especially on the graduate level. But, 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 you have, you but have, let's stop for a second. Let's stop for a second before we get there. <laughs> So, I, so the Stop and Kiss program, <laughs> like, no, seriously. It's not going to let it No, because it's, it's not, because that, that, the Stop and Kiss program allowed the police to stop and kiss anybody that looks suspicious. Now, you would think a grown man would be like, nah, bro. Oh, yes, it's, it's true. It's true. <laughs> no, no, it's Stop and Kiss. It's called the Stop and Kiss program. 
Yeah, it's real. It's real. Yeah, oh, y'all doing some funny things up there in New York. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't just a grimy grime. Uh, no, it's, it's a, it's a, <laughs> I mean. It's the kissy kissy. You look like a drug dealer. Ooh, I mean, you're a grown man, dog. But that, but that opens up the doors for sexual harassment, too. And, and sexual assault. But, you know, but this was actually a program. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, see this one, again, St. Kofa Paradox, raw and uncut, brother. We're going to tell you the real deal. Did you just look it up? I'm looking it up now. I don't want to stop the frisk. No, it's called the Stop and Kiss Program in New York. I know y'all want to be all tough. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's, it, you're the Yankees. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the, uh, no one is called the Mets. <laughs> start a war up in here. Woo! G man. Oh, you gonna jet to that stopping kiss? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen. but 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 for real, where are we at? Like seriously, well, I mean, cause where are our neighborhood programs to prevent kids from getting snatched up out the street? Where, where, where are these programs? Where, where are these organizations? Like, seriously. To, like, to the organizations, like I said, you, you should be, especially at the graduate level, if you look at the makeup, a lot of the, the graduate chapters for divine organizations, you have millionaires, you've got people with big-time political connections, you've got big-time entrepreneurs, business owners in those chapters, those organizations, who could easily, easily put together fund or grant right or do other things for uh or um to put together you know programs that will look after our neighborhoods and communities and and look after our our kids and our youth that will look after the betterment of our people but when things come up we don't hear from you we don't see you you know and, and a couple of organizations in the last couple of years have actually put out statements saying not to get involved which i found very troubling you know, how is it that, you know, you you are steering members of your organizations away of away from activism in the in the organization's name so that you don't have to answer any questions? I find that extremely troubling. I mean, but again, what is their agenda though? Like for the black church, what was you, we know what your agenda used to be. It was a safe place that will allow you to come and worship, but at any time, any sign of trouble, you can go to the cross of a church and be on hollow ground and know you, for the most part, okay. But we do realize that the KKK didn't care where you were. They burned that down, too. Or, they, or mobs will, burn, will bomb that, too. Or at least the community could look to the church to be like, okay, we're, we're going to start the the the. The, the screaming or the vocals on this thing that is is unjust to our people, and I haven't seen that in quite a while from the church. Last, the last big thing I saw from the black church was them coon behind preachers sitting around Captain Idiot Orange going, you know, let's be real, you know, this this has got to be the most pro-black president we've ever had in history, and I about lost my lunch for the month. Who said that? Do we know when the black preachers were were in the White House? Oh, uh, when they were meeting and, and kissing yeah, butt, yeah. like like what I was hoping they would have to pray for his tail, <laughs> yeah. and the and the release of the the plight of the African American nation. No, they but kiss but behind. you know this is the thing that I struggle with. You got organizations that are as old as man in this country that are black organizations. 
um, the ones that still survive, have survived over the time, what are you doing? We need to get back and, to both. And are you so busy holding on to the old power that you're now you're letting the young folk come in and do what they do? What power? And that's the thing, because that's the, that's the thing. It seems, like, it seems like everybody wants power. That don't mean, like, what's their power? What are you doing with that power? Are you advancing the black agenda? So let's talk about what the black agenda should be. What should maybe, it be? maybe we should start there. What should saying? it be? be? Quality, better quality of education. I put that on the list. Better point. quality of life. But definitely put that on the list. Access to resources that the others have. Yep. Fair treatment in the workplace. Safe communities. Yep. Definitely. Drug treatment programs. Yep. After school programs. Yep. Community athletic programs. And people say they got no, 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 no. Community out there. I ain't talking about when your child paying eight hundred dollars to play pee wee. You know, I mean, really? He he playing t ball for eight hundred dollars? Yeah. How how much does it cost to hit a ball off a tee? <laughs> like, let's be real about this. And they had the same raggedy uniforms they didn't have for ten years, but it cost eight hundred dollars. Like for real. Like, let's be real about this. True. Cause back in the day, you pay. You went to a boys and girls club. Your mama may have paid fifteen dollars, and that was for all year round. Yep. Your uniforms may not have been hot, but they was on your body, and you played proudly. It was in good condition. And everybody got a chance. How about literacy programs for African American? Man, hot, sing it. Cause you got folk right now that's a high school that can't spell the. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh at that, but yeah. I, 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 but I'm serious. I've been there. I've seen it. I'm yeah. serious. It's like, hey man, hey, sign your name. These fools put an X. Like your your first name ain't Malcolm. Yeah, how about bringing back the, the vocational ed programs across the country for African Americans? But let's be real, everybody's not going to college. But somebody can do HVAC work. Somebody can be a mechanic. Somebody can uh, learn how to wire a house. You know, fix a. And how about they things. make more money than people with degrees? Yes, they do. Think about how much a plumber gonna charge you. And, and it feels like, from what I've heard, teachers that I know talk about, or you know. My parents, friends, from time to time, listen to them talk. That became a way out for the African American community, so they killed it to kill up to blow up a bridge for us. Make money, making money, yeah. and, and being better because, because that's unionized work. Because the white schools weren't really doing vocational ed stuff. It was the black schools in in, in across the country. Because uh, not just here in Atlanta, but across the country, there were the black schools that were spearheading and, and most using those vocational ed programs. I was teaching guys Booker T. Washington. How to be exactly. I was teaching guys how to be carpenters and you know electricians and things of that nature. So it was like, okay, we got to get rid of this because they're benefiting from it, and, and we need we need to definitely put that on the list for the black agenda. But what what else are we gonna put on the list for the black agenda? All right, so you got that. We got um. How about walking the streets and, and not uh, policing of your own neighborhood? How about that? I don't need you coming and telling this kid that you don't know how to stand, what to do, whatever else. Because I guarantee you, little Earl, little Earl ain't gonna do nothing if 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 cousin um, TT sitting right there waiting on him. Mm -hmm. Hey, bro, what you doing, man? Ain't yeah. you supposed to be in school? Cause it's nine o'clock. Yeah. How about? Cause little Earl gonna listen to cousin TT before he listened to for John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know John Wick. My thing is this. How about when we start picking police officers, and especially in the African-American community, can we get some representation in our neighborhoods? Can we get some people policing our neighborhoods who were from there, grew up there? or at least Yeah, from, all of them got to be from the, there. I don't know, well, some, I of them. some of them. At yeah. least from the surrounding I would say area. half. At least if if you black policing in East Point, can you at least be from Georgia? 
and not from who the hell knows. Wisconsin? North Dakota? Yeah. Montana? Exactly. You ain't never seen a black person in your life, but you're going to teach them, you're going to tell them, all you're going to do is teach them a lesson. You're not going to talk to them and help them do anything. Exactly, because my thing is, and let's let's retrain police officers. Let's not the focus be on we got to get the guy, we got to get the man, we got to make an arrest. And let's, let's put some emphasis on corrective action that doesn't lead to somebody having to die or go to jail for the rest of their life. Now, don't get me wrong. As a police officer, if you have to make an arrest, by all means, make the arrest. If somebody has done something stupid and broken the law and, you know, they, they got to go away, then damn it, they got to go away. But everything is not an arrest. Everything is not mace. Everything is not the taser. Definitely everything is not going to but you know, your weapon. I'm going to tell you the At issue with that, point, though. you got to be able to talk and, and, and change thinking and behavior, and your job has been done. But I'm going to tell you the thing. If you don't see that person as a relative or a child, then you go to the extreme because you have no vested interest. You don't care. But if you look yeah. in that child's eyes and that child could be your child, you're going to think twice before you mace yeah. them or spray them or beat them. Yeah. Let's be real about that. Yeah. If you don't see any type of familiar connection, you don't have that type of word thought to be like, hey, I'm going to truly diffuse this situation. But that's not what's happening. You put them around little little children don't look nothing like them. That they that they look like they're the scourge of the earth. Because if you're from Montana, you only thing you might have watched was you know Netflix and BET and say, oh, you know about the black community because you watch Power on Showtime. I mean, let's be real. So it's like, and that's where you got your your lesson from. I mean, it's it's one of the things. So it's like when you talk about the black agenda, I, I heard I oftentimes hear people go, well, we need reparations. No, fool, you need financial literacy first. Yeah. I guarantee you, if the government gave every black household or person $40,000, you'll see a bunch of Mercedes, BMWs, and fur coats, and diamond necklaces, and, and grills. Yeah. Why? Because there's going to be a quick fix. It's going to be a quick happiness. I'm going to eat trade with my $40,000. I'm telling you now. But I mean, but again, <laughs> but again, but again, they don't know yeah, that. They don't even, because they, they ain't never had a bank account. So, yeah, reparations all day, every day with financial literacy classes. Yeah. But you ain't going to want to do that because, you know, if you give them that $40,000, they're going to spend it right back in your store. Yeah, they're going to give it right back to you. So, but but you're afraid of that part because that means that, uh-oh, I got that may, that, that that person right there who got that reparation might have, will devalue my merchandise because they got it too. And I, and I, and I think the, the financial aspect of the black agenda is, Black agenda should be actually at the top of the list, and and actually, if if it, if there has to be a first ten pages of the black agenda, I think finances should be the first ten daggone pages because we need uh, we there, somewhere in this. Let's just say here in Atlanta, in Atlanta, Georgia, there needs to be at least annually, I mean uh, quarterly, uh, some kind of classes that are teaching black people about the power of our dollar and are teaching black people about how a dollar grows or hell, how 50 cent grows, you know, or how you can turn $10 into $1,000, but it takes time and you gotta do these things. I think the biggest drawback to my people and money is the fact that, you know, we want quick, fast money because we, we, we have this obsession with stuff and things. And, and, and don't get me wrong, folks. There's nothing wrong with riding good, eating good, dressing good, living good, eating and living hop on the hog. There's nothing wrong with that. If you want 10 Mercedes Benz, by all means, have 10 Mercedes Benz. But in the interim of that, what is it that you do that supports that? 
And then in the interim of that, what is it that you're doing? And what kind of uh, pillars of support are you putting into the foundation of what's black America? See, because nobody's going to do this. No, no, nobody's going to do this for us. There is no, no uh, 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 law or legal statute or, or, or law bill going into Congress or Senate that's going to do this one for us. We have to do this one on our own. We have to come together with our people and start teaching. Just like you look at it in the 80s when AIDS come out. AIDS was rocking America. And I don't know if you know or not. Go do your AIDS was kicking America's ass. Mm-hmm. But the thing that helped America combat AIDS was HIV and AIDS was uh, the teaching. You had to teach people. Educational programs. You had to, exactly. And they was flooding America uh, with educational programs. This is what HIV and AIDS is. This is what it does. This is how you get it. This is how you can combat it. This is what happens to you. Maybe that's because of who it was really affected mostly. And then, and then after all that education went about, eight cases of AIDS and HIV started to decrease. Decrease and taper all that. It didn't stop it, but at least it it kept it from running rampant across the country, like it was doing when it first came out. So my thing is, black Black America, African Americans in this country, we gotta do the same thing. Somebody, had, somebody, or somebody's, or some large group of people, divine niners, church, large organizations, we got to come together, get together, and go. Listen, this is gonna be the drive. And even if it's a joint venture, you know. You know, who says, you know, alphas, kappas, and Qs, and sigmas, even the iotas can't come together and be like, hey, cross the country. This even way. the iotas. <laughs> <laughs> That's just so cold, brother. <laughs> well, what's to say that we can't come together and be like, cross the country, listen, this is what we're going to do. You all take this sector of the country, you all take that section of the country, and we're going to educate our people on these things. But they used every, to. Every year, let's have a new agenda of education. We're going we're gonna to work on our people. And even if we repeat a year, at least we, we educate people. And finances, because and, I, I, I'm about a dollar. I'm, I'm, not, I'm about a dollar. And I think that needs to be the focus you know, not the only focus, but the top focus of our people because the dominant culture in this country, they play financial chess every day, all day. Please believe the dominant culture in this country, they play financial chess every day, all day. You look at, um, you look at white students when they go to college. I think we got a caller. We got a caller? Okay, we're going to get you this caller in one second. But check this out. Look at even white students. White students go to college. And they borrow far more than they need for their education a semester. So they pay for their education, and they take that money, and they invest it somewhere. And they do this for four years or for five years or however it takes them long to get out of school. So by the end of that matriculation process, they have made investments with that, with that overage. And when they get out of college, they either pay back their student loans and then they got a nice little piece to sit on and get started with. We ain't thought about that. We get into hundreds of thousands of dollars every year, millions of dollars in, in, in student loan debt with no clear path how to get out of it. We got our degree, but then, you know. And no job. And no job. Like, you go out into the world with you're going everywhere, and they telling you, but, you ain't got no experience. Exactly. <laughs> like, what? They get out of school, and they got their degree, and while they're waiting on their, their career to start, they at least have a nice little piece of, of finance to sit on while they're getting to where they go. This is this is one of the differences between the us 
and then them. All right, we're going to hit this caller and uh, see what we got. Caller, uh, go ahead and talk to me. Welcome to the show. Hi. Yeah, I have to represent New York, okay? Because now that, that, that law you talked about, the stop and kiss, that was fake. That's not real. I don't know if they did it to be sarcastic about the stop and frisk law, but that was back in 2013. Uh-huh. And um, they people, you know, did reports about how the cops stopped them and, and frisked them and then turned around and kissed them. It, it was it was like a, 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 a publicity stuff, like it wasn't real, okay? okay? So I just want to put that out there. That, that, that's a fake thing. That was a fake report, okay? Uh, we appreciate you sending us straight on that one. I still Thank say it was you. true. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think Brother Loki over here was having some fun <laughs> on the airways. And was, was, we, we, we got some New Yorkers on staff here at the show. And <laughs> I, I think the Brother Loki was having some fun with some of our New York <gasps> staff members. Because <laughs> everybody was shook. Yeah, yeah. Was, like, what? We, we were getting some dirty looks in the studio here with that one. So, yeah. We, we, but I, I appreciate you calling in. But, but, that's the, but, right. but while I was okay, joking. Bye-bye. But while I was joking, I was serious because these type of things have been happening, though, because that's part of the black agenda. What is truly my rights? What can you what can you and can you not do to me? Because yeah. truth be told, stop and frisk is not legal either. Yeah. You put that policy in place. What does what does suspicion look like? And that's the thing that kills us every time, because. Police departments around this country, and you can talk to police officers, go talk to them, ask them. They're trained to automatically be suspicious of African Americans. So you telling me because I'm driving down the street and my new BMW, I'm suspicious now? Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Or I got more money than you, so I'm suspicious now. I couldn't or have made you, my money better. jealous of me. <laughs> but that's the thing. See, I, people get suspicious of you when they want what you have. Yeah. See what I'm saying? So it's like... Remember those tenets of racism. Always, I say this on the show before, racism has several tenets. There's arrogance, there's stupidity, there's fear, there's rage, there's anger, there's two more. I'm going to bring them back to the show. But when you understand what the tenets of racism are, you understand, you know, the enemy. You understand your opponent, and you understand how, how to fight back. You understand how to plot and, and plan, I love what Killer Mike said that. He said, plotting and plan, I love that. I'm going I'm to I'm borrow that, uh, Brother Killer Mike. Um, we need to see if we can get him on the show. But anyway, I'm going I'm to I'm use that. But remember those tenets of racism, and, and that'll, that helps you understand what you're dealing with when you go out there. You know, racism doesn't want to see you riding good, living good. You know, look, look at, look at a, a Michael Vick situation. If you don't think... You know that that evil played into what happened to him. You 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 fooling yourself. You of got course. this very rich, slightly arrogant black man out there. Who's the face of the NFL? The face they called him Superman. They called him Superman. He was the highest play player in the NFL ever at the time, and he's a brother from from VA with cornrows. Wait wait, but let's not forget. You still had Peyton Manning in the league. Mm-hmm. You still had Brett Favre in the league. Yep. Still had Tom Brady in the and league. He was making more than all of them. And and, and he was the face of the NFL. The Everybody's talking the about Tom Brady being the goat. Everybody's talking about Peyton Manning and everybody else. Could now Patrick Mahomes like might Vic, end up man. being the goat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Patrick Mahomes uh-huh. now, but uh, back but, then could nobody do it like Vic. Right, and I'm like and he was exciting. But what happens? So I have my people in my house that I'm not living at. They are doing something illegal. 
And it's all on me. Nobody goes to jail but me. Yeah. So what does that do? I am now no longer the face of the NFL. No more money. I I, I, I still going to have money, but I'm going to spend a lot of that in legal fees. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? And I'm like, so it's like, you know, it's, 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 real, it's, it's real crazy when you can file charges against me and I'll lose everything. Everything. But you file charges against them and they lose nothing. And then they look at that process. The man does his year in jail. He comes out. It's time to look at, you know, uh, his, his penance to a society. You know, he, he had to go around and do seminars and I guess what you can call it sensitivity training, this time the other. Then it's time to go back to the NFL. And who did you see? Well, he shouldn't be allowed to play football ever again. Wait, whoa, you forgot that same year. And I ain't going to say his name, but there was another Falcons player who had somebody raped in his house doing a party. Nothing. There was another. Oh, uh, what about Big Ben? Well, uh, I, I mean, like name, not even. Not, not, forget that. And big, and it's, big, this, public, big, this public news. Big Ben was accused of raping a girl. In a bathroom. In a bathroom. And a lot of people I've talked to over the years, you know, some people say they know him, they're familiar with him, they've been around. It was like, yeah, he did that. You know, that that was not a, 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 a mishappening of, of touching and feeling that went too far. I was like, I know him. Yeah, he did that. And ain't nobody said, and this, he did this to a human being. You, you're talking about Michael Vick. And if you look on some, TV right now, some he dogs. playing. Yeah, <laughs> and some damn dogs. This man did this to a two-legged human being, and nobody was like, he should never be allowed to play ball again. So you talk about Michael Vick and some dogs. And he should never be able to play play ball. And again. you can't prove he was even there. And you can't even prove that he was in there. But you got Ben Roethlisberger, who was right there in the mix of the situation, who you know, fairly you know, intense accusations, but more than one, more than one, and he's still playing ball, making big money to this day. See, this is the thing we're talking about in the Black Agenda is, you know, we're not asking you to treat us. We want, we definitely don't want to be treated less, but treat us fair. If you're going to do this to this man, you know then what? this man ought to get the same consideration. You if, know what's funny, the, though? If the one rich white guy gets off, then why didn't the rich black guy get off? Wait, but you know what's funny, though? Maybe they do see that as fair. Because mm. if you see somebody less than human, you believe it's fair. In your yeah. mind, that's fair. Yeah. And that's and please believe, don't be naive. We, we are still viewed in this country as less than human. By there are some people in this country, I overhear conversations a lot, <laughs> and they didn't bastards didn't think I was listening to him thought it was funny joking about what if we were still on the plantation had an in-depth conversation about you know if they were still on the plantation you know things this that other but there are people who actually think and feel that way about us and that's the thing what if I put my foot in your mouth (laughs) cause I'm not on the plantation anymore and that's and that's that's one of my solutions and that's the thing about that and it's like Cause they, they say this stuff amongst themselves and laugh and giggle yeah. and joke, but when I put my fist in your face, then, it, then, then it's yeah. oh my god, yeah. this this heathen, this thug, yeah. I'm the thug, mm-hmm. but y'all are raping and brutalizing people, and not just here in other countries too. And, and on that point, that that it, I've I've had the displeasure of dealing with racist dudes in Georgia, and and then have to come to fisticuffs, and it always goes the same way. That's that's why I have no respect 
for dudes like that and them, them damn clan dudes. And it always starts out the same way. They just playing. And it's funny. He ha ha, he ha ha ha. And then, you know, you get a little upset. And, okay, all right, all right. No, we'll, we know, we're just funny with you. But then, right at the point before the first fist is thrown, there's this reverence that comes out. Well, you know, you ain't got to get all violent, man. We was just playing. We was just playing. And then, when the ass whooping jump out the box. <laughs> You know, all you see are these little white tracers running from the scene. You know, everybody's like, no, 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 you done going too far now. Now we got the handless business. You know, you done pushed me to the point where I can't avoid you any longer. And we got the handless business. And now all of a sudden, it's, hold on, hold on, you, you, wait, hold on. It's always the but same see, at, But see, situation. that only happens, they only run when it's like three of y'all and 50 of them. <laughs> like, like if it's if it's even, yeah. they out. Yeah. They but if it's three of y'all 50 of them, oh, they there. They yeah. tough now. They got their chest pumped out. But but the thing is, and do understand, I have nothing against the other other any other race. Same. None whatsoever. I could care less. What I do care about is the fact that it, on election day, instead of cornering a bunch of uh, Crips, you corner some elderly, yeah, or bad. two women in the car, yeah. and you get out and you jump out the car with your guns and your masks and your Confederate flags. That had been some real bros that had been like, "Hey, let them go through." Let yeah. them, hey, let them. But you, I, I didn't see them do that in uh, in Clayton County. Hell no. I didn't man. see you do that in, in Swats. Definitely not. But so that's the thing. You catch me out in this rural area, and you're real tough. Now we also probably shouldn't really be in those rural areas by ourselves either. <laughs> True. But I, I mean, I'm just being yeah, real. Yeah. Because that's where they have the advantage. Because you don't know them roles like that. Yeah. You don't know the police department. You don't know none of that. They know each other. Something happened. Well, Jed, uh, <laughs> we gonna go ahead and figure out how to cover this up for you, brother. Uh, <laughs> I'm, but I'm gonna tell you, Grandpa. And it, and it's funny. And it's funny you you said that cover up thing. Cause please believe that Aubrey situation. That's exactly what that could have been. If somehow that uh, that footage had not gotten out, guaranteed, if that footage had not made it to the airwaves, somebody would have been figuring out a cover them boys' tracks with that with that shit. Oh, they tried. Remember, Aubrey. They tried. Well, the dude that filmed it, he tried to say that you know he was filming it because he saw it and filmed it so he could report it. But you no, saw something you, of your the, your homeboys is all in the same yeah, KKK yeah, chapter with yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. But he didn't he didn't get away with it, of course. No, because everybody's like, wait, bro, uh, ain't you on these roads? Yeah, <laughs> yep. So you know them then. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so you just happen to be ch following them mm -hmm. as they were chasing this guy who was on foot. Exactly. Because remember, he's on foot. He's on foot, jogging. All right, so I'm like, so you yeah. just happen to know with your <laughs> ESP and, and that you, because you had a third sight with that your, you knew these guys. KKK ESP. Like, I mean, <laughs> I'm just like, dude, come on now, folks. Let's be real about this situation. <laughs> our black agenda truthfully should be protecting our families, yep. protecting our streets, and also becoming more. Yeah. And when I say becoming more, I mean as a totality of a ethnicity. How about we add a bullet point to the black agenda as far as directing our youth towards careers that matter in this country. We need more black doctors and medical researchers. We need more First black of all, we got to convince lawyers. them little dumb-dumbs to go to school. Yeah, that too. And I'm like, don't call them dumb. I got another bullet point, but, you know, hold on, I'm, I'm coming around, but we need to be directing our kids towards the legal field and the, and the practice of law and, and politics. We need to be directing our kids towards science and, and, and IT jobs. And then, to preface that, we need to be playing a chess game with our with our youth saying, hey, being successful and educated is not selling out. Speaking properly is not selling out. 
getting education is not selling out. It's a way to to strengthen our group of people. It's a way to strengthen yourself. It's a way to put yourself in a better position to take care of a family one day, to have a family one day. You know, because I, I don't know what you think, but a high school diploma does not garner you much financially. Uh, and then you're talking about what it, it costs what almost a hundred thousand dollars to raise a child in this country, and you only make twenty five a year. As soon as that child is born, you already in the red. So you know, let's let's we need to we need to strategically place our kids, and 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 put the doctrine in them that says being successful is what we need to be, whether it's corporate America, whether it's blue collar America, whether it's medical medical America. Whether it's, you know, technology America, we need to be pushing our kids. And, and you know, at some point you may realize, okay, this kid is not going to do this. He's going to do this. But we need to be chess piece moving our youth into places that are going to better our community. I mean, it's, it's and I don't, I don't think people, this is what we're saying, people. We need to really formulate a plan to move forward. Because right now we formulate plans to stay stagnant and just keep our head above water. That's not going to do us any good. I mean, and we've we've said more about actually formulating our own party, but we can't even agree on names or nothing. <laughs> like I'm just being real. Yeah. Like we're gonna call it fifty different names before you get to one. And I mean, I'm a person. I'm a. I don't talk about. It, I'll be about it. I'm a. I'm a person for a force of change. If it comes to that point, I will help lead any situation into the future because that's what I'm about. But guess what? There's a good leader is also a good follower. Yeah. So you need examples to follow. And the examples to follow, everybody said, well, back then, dude, I don't live back then. <laughs> I wasn't born back then. No, we, right? We're we talking about right now. Yeah. What is going to help us get ahead right now? I'm going to tell you, our, our dropout rate for African American is high. It's horrible. It's horrible. High. I mean, you got kids that don't even, you got fifth graders that don't even want to go to school. Now, you in fifth grade, how you got a choice? I wasn't, you know, brainiac, nerdy kind of dude, but I did enjoy going to school during my elementary years. Man, you remember the, the first day of school? The new wait. clothes your mama got you? Couldn't wait. You want to go to school? You want to make sure your new fit is out on point? You may iron a little bit, make a Krispy Kreme you, and all that kind of stuff? We call it we call it first day fresh. You know what I'm saying? You be, you, your you brand be... new shoes that wasn't going to last because you your dumb butt decided to get white. Yo, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Everybody we saw in the white shoes like, yep, you're going to be mad by Friday. You knew it was going to be a fight by the end of the day because somebody going to step on somebody white shoes i'm just saying like for real but they, i mean we joking but seriously we used to be enthusiastic we used to fight to see who gonna get the who gonna get the perfect attendance award oh yeah yeah like that's what we fought for yeah who uh, who gonna have the best grades or when you got sixth graders walking into a school building tomorrow hey, man i need a blunt what like you need a what need a first of all what? About, hey, man, who, you got a who taught you about this what and see, and well, I ain't gonna get into that, but that that's a topic for another time. But it's 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 a reason I'm gonna avoid that. But it, never mind. I, I think people being forced to have kids is another problem because that's that's what happens when you have parents that don't want to be parents, but you force them to be parents, and then they turn the kid loose onto the city, onto the wait, 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 back up. Ain't nobody force you to. to uh, <laughs> Ain't nobody. When, when things happen, no, things gonna happen, right? Things are going to happen. Hold on. Forced to have that child. Wait, wait. Hold on, no, no. 
things are going to happen. Now, you know when these things are happening, you knew exactly what the result could be. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not going to say, know. let's give you a pass, and you go ahead and you get rid of the problem. No. What you're going to do is either you're going to take your time and be careful and safe, or you're going to deal with that situation. Because you ending that life, you ending that life, because you want to be careless? It's like, it ain't the best solution, but it is a solution. Uh, but, now, don't get me wrong. I, I, I veer on the side of caution. When I say that, solution, I mean, in the case of rape, incest, and things of that nature, yeah, that's a different story. My thing is this, but we way off time. And that's right another now. thing on the black agenda. But why would we need to protect our people. Like, for real. Like, you can have clinics set up that say, hey, you know, if you have this problem, go to this clinic. Because guarantee, if I can help you get into a better better place in your mind, you would never wouldn't even be a thought. So protecting our people mentally. Me with, yes. Because yeah. the reason people go run and do that because mental mentally they, yeah, they are unstable yeah. and they feel like they're going to jeopardize this child's life. I wish they had a thing at the door to say, who got who babysitting your kids? <laughs> it's real. True. Now, nah, you can't come in because you ain't got no babysitter. Yeah. I mean, guarantee, I, I didn't have, have picture confirmation. How about how about this bullet point to the black agenda is that we need to reform government assistance where that there are programs or we need to strengthen the programs inside of government systems which push those that are on it to get off of it so we don't stop having this generational welfare system that you know that that we live in as African Americans where you know the, the great grandmama the grandmama the the auntie the, the great aunt, everybody, everybody coming up on welfare. That's that's not how it's supposed to be. That's not how it should be. And I know that inside of government assistance programs, those programs aren't there. But we need to do something, or that needs to be on our agenda for have something in place that strengthens those programs to get our people off of friggin' welfare. Because that's the one I get tired of when I do have conversations with the others or people that have that problem on their mind, on their heart, the first thing they want to run around the others, everybody's on welfare, they think somebody's supposed to give them something. And true, there, there's a caveat to that, because if that's all you see or that's all you show, then that's all people know. I get it. If you go to the welfare office on the black side of town, guess what? It's going to be full of black folks. Well, guess Just what? Like we only make up what? Just like if you go to the one what? on the Latin side of town, it's going to be full of Latin folks. 31% but, of the welfare population? Yeah. 31%? We no, we're not a big number of it. No, but, I was going to say, I mean, well, per volume, if you're only 13.6% of the population, but you're 31% of the welfare, then, you know. still too many freaking people. Right. And my but, thing is that we need to change our, our people's mindset on this is help. This is a boost. This is a, a temporary situation until you get back up on your feet and then you don't need it anymore. This is not for what, you to though? live off of for the rest of your life. I, this, is, this is how I look at that. And I don't think people pay attention to this. This is 2020, right? Slavery ended in 1864, 65, 65. right? So I say 64, because some people are already free. 1864, 65, right? A generation, you could say, is what? Every 20 years. We just give it every 20 years, right? Mm -hmm. So 120 years ago is 1900. You were only two generations away from slavery, right? But yet those people who were enslaved still had grandchildren or great-grandchildren, right? Mm -hmm. Who were still remnants of that, right? So when you got out of slavery, what they gave you? They gave you nothing. Nothing. 
So now you go 40 years later, which is now 1905. Still what you still have? Nothing. What you still have? Nothing. No resources. Nothing. Because why? Those who lived in the north had a little bit more resources, or those who were black plantation owners, because people can't forget they had black plantation owners. They were able to do a little something or whatever else. But the majority of your people are still people coming straight off of a plantation mm-hmm. with nothing. No, no resources. No, no, know how to read. No, none of that. No, no education. So now what happens? To go another forty. No, go another forty years. And they still be two generations. Yep. Now what you have? You, you're, you're separate. You're separate. Because remember, this is segregation now. So you're not getting the resources. You're forming your own town, but the towns you formerly were destroyed. So you're killing off successful black people. Killing off also, um, not just successful black people, but black people that were learning. Black people that had intelligence. They were lynchings. They were they were being brutalized, beaten, killed, shot, regardless. And look, and and when you look at some of the brutality that we suffered in history, you you need to look at the people they were they were going after. They were going after wealthy blacks. They were going after educated blacks. Those were the prime targets on the list because those were the ones that were lifting people's heads up, you know, giving people inspiration to do what they were doing, because. Now, you know, there were, like he said, there were African-Americans, African-Americans back in the day who were business owners, small business, but they were still business owners. But what happens when the whole community starts owning and own their own business? Now you got, now you start losing control of the people that you once had beat down because they control a dollar. So, I mean, look at who they were going after back in the day. Do the research. Oh, we, we, we got, we going, is Doc ready? Yeah, go ahead. Dr. Frankenstein, let us know what you think. <laughs> All right, so talking about what is the black agenda. Well, first things first, to touch off what you were saying, uh, uh, Ed D, you have to, we have to change our mentality to, to, for that to happen. We have to go from a hustle mentality to a building wealth mentality. If we can do, if we can shift, the, create that paradigm shift, then we will go into uh, uh, investing into uh, our communities and and and. and having more barbershops and more corner stores and, 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 and going back to <coughs> rebuilding Auburn Avenue and having that as our own once again or uh, uh, bringing back to life Black Wall Street. Um, secondly, you uh, you talked about the different organizations, Mr. Lowkey. Um, HBCUs used to give, you had radical professors that, that, that gave birth to 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 the leaders of the future. Without Benjamin Elijah Mays, there is no Martin Luther King. We need more. Uh, George Kelsey. Exactly. George Reverend. Uh, George Kelsey. Exactly. We need more professors that are not being hempecked, if you will, by the university and allowed to really teach and educate and spark the 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 the, the thought process of of. of of the youth, rather than hey, we can't we can't deliver that message because we don't want to lose the funding that we're getting from the government. Don't get me started on that one. Mm. Now, mm. talking about reparations. Change the model for the federal dollar. Right? Exactly. Yeah. But now, reparations is extremely important. That needs to be number one on the black agenda. And I understand what you're saying, Mr. Lowkey. You want you want economics classes, uh, financial literacy classes, before we get that, and that's cool. I'm with it 100. percent but at the same token, they're not gonna hand, they're not gonna, they're not gonna spoon feed us this. Just give me my reparations. You can, you can do it in several different ways. Let me not pay taxes for the next five years. Or the state of New York. Well, now that you be like Donald Trump. 
don't think nobody wants to be like Trump right about now because New York is coming for Tetas. So now check this out now. Orange is new black. Right, exactly. That's what's about to be there for real. Um, but now check this out now. You the state of New York from 2002 through 2006 sold 700 properties for one dollar. Now you think about that. If 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 now of course it didn't go to any of us of the melanin persuasion. Okay. Why? Why? Because, but why? Tell them why though. But tell them why. Because they don't want us to economically win. But my point is, if you go ahead and you give us, if you if you was to sold me. One, one property for a dollar in 2002, 2020, that property is probably worth a smooth million in New York City. You understand what I'm saying? So property changes the game. You can, I don't care if it's if it's a, a, a wooded area that's over here in West Bumba. I'm going to go get Pookie and Ray Ray. And by the time I'm done with it, it's going to be the happiest place in the city. And everybody's going to be over there because... I put my sweat equity in that because now I'm building wealth and I can take send that to my children. Well, see, I'm going to tell you what they do, though, with those dollar properties. They set the standards and policy up so ridiculously that it's hard for us to go ahead and turn it into our benefit. And and they do it like that because with us, we would pool our money together. We would get the, get the, stuff, the property straight and everything. They don't want to do that. They say, well, you got to live in it. They tell you, you got to live in it. Mm -hmm. Why this dude over here is an investor. He put his name on it and buy four of them. So he's living in all of them. Mm -hmm. They're going to care. Well, They're they going to come and do an inspection. Let me see your pictures up in the house. <laughs> Let me see your couches. Yeah. But that's what happens. And so it's like, they say, oh, it's fair. No, if you got a governing body that gets to pick and choose, you're not being fair. Because mm -hmm. you're setting it up so that you can, one, recoup your money, and two, so that you can jade the situation. Because I guarantee y'all always wanted that property. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's the way for you to get it legally. And say, well, we gave everybody the opportunity. No, you didn't. Yeah. But, and, but that's what happens, though. Because guess who we have to come to? We're not coming to us about this. We're going to them. Because they're the only ones that can send it to a dollar. We can't send it to a dollar. And that's what people don't understand. It's like, this situation is truly rigged. But we try to fight and within the confines of the rules and policies. Why they're not playing by those same rules? They give us those rules. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like when they say... It's a separation of church and state. Yeah. It's a separation of church, state, politics, and the classroom. You was a lie. Right. Because you're teaching politics in the classroom. That's why civics and government, you're not talking about cheese. Yeah. Why they why they always trying to get the evangelical vote? A evangelical vote. Okay, what is that? Okay, let's talk about the evangelical vote real quick. Because <laughs> this goes with the black agenda and black churches. Mm -hmm. Paula White. Yeah. Paula White, the staunch Trump supporter, oh, the yeah. one that was asking mm. for the African angels yeah. who in the election. Mm -hmm. Guess where she started at? Black church. Yeah. We put her up on that pedestal. Yeah. And look what she did with it. Now, I'm the, I'm sorry, but when you a white woman, blonde hair, standing on the stage, <laughs> what which African angels are you calling for? <laughs> God know a Nazi ain't letting his kids come over here. Mm. But you probably don't even know who a Nazi is. I'm about to say they don't know who a Nazi is. So, so it's like, and for all those that don't know, my people, Anansi the Spider. Anansi the Spider is one of the, the, the African gods, and his children were demigods. And he, they, he's actually folklore and tales and stories about Anansi. That's what they teach the children in Africa, almost like when people teach us Bible stories. So that's what it's about. However, my thing is this. You, 
we put her to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Why did we put her to the forefront when we got other African American women who are just as good? That's the master syndrome, in my personal opinion. And so, and, and or or look, we talked we talked about the divine nine earlier. Why is it so great when a white person divine nine step or something like that? Mm. Like why we all? Oh my god! Because <laughs> they got rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something. Everybody has their own rhythm. <laughs> Just, we we so happy when they on our rhythm because it actually makes sense. Yeah. But if it is, but why are we so excited? We clap on too. Why are we so excited when we see a white person on our HBCU campus? For what? They're not excited when we on their campus. Nah, no, they really. definitely not excited when we over there. So why are we excited when they on ours? What sense does that make? Because Master wanted to come hang out with us. No, he didn't want to come hang out with you, fool. He wanted that full ride scholarship. Yeah, that minority scholarship that he getting. Yeah, facts. I was about to say, they, they playing, they, they reversing the chess game. Right. They reversing the chess game. That's all that is. But check this out. Uh, we're yeah, going to take a break, quick yeah. break. We've got to pay some bills. Uh, real quick, as always, we want you to send us your talents. If you uh, you can sing a verse, if you do spoken word, if you got great uh, or orator skills, I, that was the wrong word. But anyway, if you speak well, send us your talents. If you got 16 to 32 bars of that hot fire, you can send that to us at atlundergroundmse at gmail.com. That's uh, atlundergroundmse at gmail.com. If you'd like to join the show and express your opinions and thoughts, you can reach us. Uh, here we, I always mess this up. The number is 404 Again, the ATL Underground calling number is 404-721-4552. Call us. Let us know how you feel. Let us know what you think. If you got a comment or you got a suggestion about the Black Agenda, please call us and let us know because we love discussions with you. Coming up next is going to be uh, DJ Nenlock. He's going to have the uh, Energy Artist Spotlight for today. And, and support that. Riley Candle Company. Yep, what he support, said. Support Riley Candle Company. There you go. All right, DJ Nenlock, take us out. Second. All right, the Sankofa Paradox with Ed D and Low Key will return in a minute right after our Indie Spotlight. Today's Indie Spotlight features new tracks from local spoken word and hip-hop artist Jafta Quinn and local hip-hop artist Ahmad Anonymous. We'll be checking out their music right after our official intermission song, I'm in the Box by Lyrical Preacher. Stay tuned. Yeah. LMR. ISO. It's for all my people in the boxes. You know, those who scared to step outside the comfort zone. This one's for you. Let go. I'm in the box. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. And I don't wanna come out. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. And I don't wanna come out. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. And I don't wanna come out. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. And I don't wanna come out. Swaggy, swaggy, swag. Swaggy. I'm a swagaholic. Swag. I got so much swag. I could make a swag profit. Gucci on my body. Gucci. Louis on my bag. Louis. You love this crappy music, so I gotta pop them cash. Cash out. Pork chop falling. Falling. Call it balls home. Boink. I get so much money. Call it women, female dogs. When I'm in a club, all the people lose control. I'm crazy. And that's because I sold the music industry. My soul. They said to take my talent and put it in a box, so 
I'll never make enough money to afford a pair of socks. No clothes. So here I am flexing, cause I sacrificed my dignity and sealed away my vision just to make it in the industry. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. I sold my own mama for this fame. You I'm, in I'm in a box. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. And I don't wanna come out. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. And I don't wanna come out. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. And I don't wanna come out. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. And I don't wanna come out. Okay, okay, hold up, hold up. I really think I need to address this. Yep. It's funny what a person will do for a gold chain or a diamond necklace. Really? 70% of the time, it's not even about the money. They, they just want attention. attention. And they're willing to sacrifice their integrity and originality for an honorable mention. Let me get you with a question. Are you really that pressed for the fame? For the fame? That you're willing to limit your talents and gifts to skate your way into the game? Into the game? That's a one-hit wonder. 15 minutes lost if your artistic focus. I mean, can you even imagine me dumbing down my rhyme just to get no day attention? Turn up, turn up, turn up. Turn up. All I do is turn up. I turn up so much I might as well eat a bag of turnips. Hey. You wanna know what's sad? What? I bet you like that line. Mm -hmm. It made no sense at all, but I bet you got crunk off that line. Yeah, you can have that. I'ma stay right here with my gift and my talent. If you really wanna make moves, you gotta step out the box and achieve that balance. Go left field, stand out. Go against the grain and get free. Cause last time I checked, hopping on a bandwagon is not to find who you wanna be. Nah, bro, fuck that. I'm too scared to be myself. I'ma stay in my I'm box. in a box. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. And I don't wanna come out. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. And I don't wanna come out. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. And I don't wanna come out. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. And I don't wanna come out. If you're tired of fitting in, let me hear you say I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. If you'd rather be yourself, let me hear you say I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. If you don't want to be something you're not, let me hear you say I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. And if you're ready to break the mold, let me hear you say I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. Like Elijah gonna be this known 
Profit a wicked too is a big one And a fire burn, never return Outside darkness wailing and gnashing We from tears, the field sun is thrashing Truth today, whom you gonna serve? Destruction is near, have you not observed? I think my lighting in years. Uh-huh. I think my lighting in years. Uh-huh. 
lot in the years. Lot in the years. I think my lot in the years. Young G, my swag on tip. Y'all can't play me like this. Don't spit. Yo, outside hate can't count on in gay. Switch my race. Hit up, no nit. If he hate A and A, nit, that's on him. You want some queen shit? King gon' slip. Supersonic shit ring on him. X man, y'all birth then will. Speaking this shit from the tip of my tongue and I'm preaching the word like a second of none. I'm on anonymous second of none. 23 strap man, I'm ready to run. Life's the reggae man, and they kissing the summer like chicken in studio, nigga. I'm fun. I risk every day cause we are not getting young. So they drug out my words like they coded it wrong. I said you coming in first. You look like second and third. I be hot pelican bird. Good thing this guy that's the merch. Who said you coming in first? You look like second and third. I be hot pelican bird. Where they speak louder than words. Artist showcase for the day. Hope you enjoyed DJ Neelock on the ones and tools doing the break. We're back. We're gonna toss it back to the resident PhD, Dr. Funkenstein. He was he was on one before we took our station break. So we wait, gonna, wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay, okay. We're gonna toss it back to him. <laughs> let him go ahead and get that get that thought process out. Go ahead, Doc. What you got for us? All right. So the next thing uh, 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 we talked about reparations, and I talked about two or three different ways how they can give reparations without affecting their economy. And some people talk about how um, some people talk about how that would 
you know, damage the economy or different things that we have to do. Listen, all you got to do, we don't have to pay taxes for, for, for five years, six years. You know, and, and, and that's not having any money physically coming from the government. They just won't be getting that money from us. And if you're saying, well, where's that? How we, it's going to hurt the government. No, we get, we have millions and millions of dollars to put into the military industrial complex and the prison industrial complex. So we can spare some to pay for reparations. Moving on, the most important thing is qualified immunity. There is no way and no reason why a peace officer should have a badge and, and, and a law that says he or she could do anything and cannot be held accountable because they have a badge. If you notice when people, the only way that a cop is ever held accountable is after they are fired. That's when you can either sue them physically or you can uh, uh, they can be charged. If not, if the cop is still on the force, the only way you can try to hold somebody accountable is you have to sue the city or that or the state for that, that officer works for. Now, why should me as a taxpayer, my taxpaying dollars have to go towards his trigger happy mistake? <clears throat> that is unacceptable. Um, police officers should have malpractice insurance just like any lawyer. Damn, just I like, like you know what I'm saying? It's like any That's lawyer, high. just like any uh, um, um, uh, um, doctor. And if they mess up, you sue them and they pay they they pay uh 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 penance through their through their through their insurance. Now if real, insurance, real quick, real quick, Doc, I ain't gonna lie, that that's hot stuff right there. Go ahead, go definitely go ahead and push that. That yeah, go ahead. Now you might say, well, that's not fair to the officer because you know if they keep on getting uh, uh dings on their insurance, then their insurance rates are gonna go too high. And if their insurance rate go too high, then they won't be able to afford it. Yeah, if you can't afford it, you should not be able to be a police officer. That means that you are not cut out for that job and you shouldn't that. be there so these this puts checks and balances in place to make sure that they do the right thing at all times and then i'm also gonna gonna stand up for them as well they should also be paid more why should you put your life on the line for thirty thousand dollars a year that's Preach. that's wild okay how do you pay how do you get them paid more every officer should have to get a degree in either criminal justice or um or um criminology uh, criminology Yes, and it don't have to be a four-year degree. It could be a two-year degree. But there's no reason why you at 18 and a half or 19 and a half, depending on what state you live in, should be able to have a gun on your hip and a license to kill. Okay, and the last subject I want to talk about is the NAACP. A lot of people feel like they're living off the legacy of 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Now, you got some people at the NAACP that are, that are, that are holding it down and rocking and rolling. But a lot of NAACP chapters ain't doing nothing but fighting amongst themselves. Let's just call it like it is. And the streets is hurting. And the NAACP ain't standing up like it used to. What happened to the NAACP uh, Civil Defense Fund? What happened to all these different things? You understand what I'm saying? Thurgood Marshall was setting this world on fire. You understand? Like, these are all organizations that need a G-check. They need to step up or move out the way. I have, I have had some people talk to me about Black Lives Matter and, and, and well, why do we need that? Well, we got the ACLU and we got the NAACP. What have you seen them done lately? I'm in the business of what have you done for me lately? Not what you did for, 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 my, for my grandfather or my mother when she was young. All I'm going to say is this. You got a lot of things out there that you have to look at for a uh, from a perspective view 
if I want to keep doing dastardly damage to a community, I make sure I set up things to protect those people from doing that damage. Like Darren Wilson. Darren Wilson, you got paid $1.3 million to kill Michael Brown. And essentially, that's what you did. Pretty much. That's what you did. Because, you know, somebody was putting into your defense fund. So, or when people get fired because they want to support unions. Don't act like we we set up these unions. These unions were set up by basically mafia bosses that decided mm. they wanted to make sure their people got the work. Mm. But but now we support them because they protect people. But you would get fired for that if you said that because the what unions do you have in Georgia? What real unions do you yeah, have I in mean, Georgia? I mean, do you have any unions? Because Georgia is not a union state, so it's a you, it's you an at will state. You you have unions in Georgia because there's a there's a flight of, the flight attendants in Georgia but, uh, that but are based are, here. They're a part of a union. It's not but but but, real. but that's not a state union. That's well, no, a it's that's not. a national union yeah. that you happen to be a part of. Yeah. So that's a big difference. It's still some bullshit. I mean, oh. it's one of the things <laughs> where people are not really protected in their livelihoods anymore. Like you can be you can work someplace so many years to have vested interests. And then they have to real think real, real hard before they fire you. Yeah. But they can still do it because they want somebody cheaper and younger. So. But I like I just I like to go back because just like doctors have life in their hands, mm-hmm. you know, if they make a mistake, that life dies or that life they is, gotta pay for that. That life is 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 affected for the rest of that life. Police officers, and, I, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's. That's about as real as it gets. Police officers walk around every day and they have people's lives in their hands. And their carelessness and their 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 cavalierness, their their uh, wanton disregard for life affects lives. They make a mistake, somebody dies, or somebody's life is affected for the rest of their life, and they should have to pay for that. And 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 that you also will create more jobs if you have to have people seeing about the police officers malpractice uh insurance fund stuff now you've created more jobs but i, I think that should definitely be a thing because as it stands right now like you said police officers kind of run around and they pretty much have a get out of jail free card because i'm a cop and all they gotta say is i was afraid for my life and i emptied out a full magazine i emptied out i went through 30 i want to make sure he wouldn't get back up yeah. yeah, you've achieved that. And I, and, I, and I'm a, I'm a gun guy. I'm a gun owner. I'm a marksman. I'm a I I, I do gun stuff. I'm not gonna say I'm an expert, but I'm I'm pretty knowledgeable about what it takes to fire a weapon. Uh, it's <laughs> there's a lot that goes through firing a weapon, you know, from trigger squeeze to trigger squeeze. And you know, I understand adrenaline's going, but your eyes are fixed on a thing, and you know, I get it. You know when friggin' When the threat is over, you know, just, you know, just like you know, the you mean guy, you shoot me sixteen times with a pocket knife that you went overboard? Yeah. Or the years ago, the guy that dropped his wallet and picked it up and got forty-one holes in him for picking up his wallet. I'm like, come on, you know that. And, what, and, and what color was this guy? He was, he was black. He was Ethiopian. I'm well, Blue Diablo. Yeah, yeah. You know, but my thing. So is, let me get this straight. I drop my wallet, <laughs> and I pick it up, and you shoot me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so on his bachelor night, by the way. Yeah. He was getting married. He getting married next day. Yeah. Forty-one times. It's like so. Let's let's look at this. The physics of it. Mm. I'm picking something up. Mm-hmm. How am I gonna shoot you? Mm. Yeah. Because that means I have to get up and then draw. Yep. 
Because but I dropped my wallet. Exactly. And, and, and my thing is, is uh, could you have at least waited until he made a drawing motion? Because it was several different officers on the scene. It wasn't one-on-one. So, you know, did somebody have a flashlight on the guy? You know, did somebody scream out, hey, don't move? You know, and that was years ago, so I don't know. There's a lot we don't know. But, you know, just to make a, a long story short, to make a point, you know, I don't understand how you drop 25 or 30 rounds into a guy. And for some of these police officers, that's a reload. But so, see, right. you know, how are you, how are we doing that? Because now you can, now one magazine in a distressful situation, I can see you emptying that magazine. But if you have a weapon that's not double stacked and it's 15 and you shot 30 rounds, that means you reloaded. So in the process of reloading, you didn't see that there was no more threat? I'm not, my, I'm not buying that brand today. Here's my question uh, to, to, the, to the gun expert here or a gun enthusiast here. Um, I feel like each time you pull that trigger, you know you're pulling the trigger. Yeah. All it takes is one or two shots. Then you should be checking because every like like me as a gun owner, well, when I when I have to, I'm responsible for everything that that bullet hits. Yeah. And everything that and so I got to look at my target and beyond my target. True. And it, that's why I say it goes back to training. Now I will tell you, in a stressful situation, and I've I've done a fair amount of nightclub bouncing, you know, in this city, in this state, back <laughs> in my day, I've been in some tense situations. It's it gets difficult to keep your finger off that trigger when you got, you know, somebody aimed in on you or, you know, things about to go down. So I can imagine actually in the heat of the moment when rounds are flying, I can see how you can probably, you know, keep keep shooting because, you know, you freaking out. But as far as police officers go, I don't think police officers get the room for freaking out. I don't think police officers ought to be able to lean on every situation. I was afraid for my life. Right. Because some situations, you know, as a, as a police officer, if you're that afraid, you, you don't need to be doing this job. This hey. is not, this work is not for you. I mean, even as a bouncer in a nightclub, I can tell you there were some situations we walked up on, just personally, situations I walked up on, I'm following somebody to a car, and I've got my hand on my weapon, but I'm watching this dude get in the car, and he's making all kind of movements, and I didn't draw not one time, you know, and this guy probably could have turned around and shot me, but I'm watching him and he's feeling around and I didn't draw my weapon or, you know, blood pressure didn't shoot up. Or I was, you know, not one time, but you've got all these officers out here that will, I fear for my life. What's the difference between you and me? Well, what's the difference between an officer and a Green Beret or officer and somebody in the infantry? Because in the, in the military, you can't do that. You can't be trigger happy in the military. No, you're trained and you must know what you're doing and it must be executed properly. So so wh- why is it acceptable here? That just kind of that just kind of pinpoints the fact that there is a problem. Because like I said, officers get away with, you know, I fear for my life or they get away with they made a move and made me nervous or they get away with, you know, like, you know, you you sit here, this guy is leaving the situation. And you watch him walk from the passenger door, rear side, all the way over, around to the driver's side door, 
And then once he opens the driver's side door, you decide to shoot. You mm -hmm. know, that just validates the fact that there's a problem because why did you wait all that time? And I don't know if you've ever watched somebody walk around the car mm -hmm. to another door. That mm -hmm. That's a lot of time that goes by. Mm -hmm. And you wait until the guy opens his door and then you put eight rounds in his back. Seven. Okay, I'm sorry. Seven rounds in his back. And he lived. So and he did to tell that story. And he, yeah, he lived to tell the story. So it's... You know, across the board, you know, and that's another thing, that's another bullet point or maybe a one or two prime on our black agenda to where, you know, we need to be about and involved in, in the retraining of police officers in this country because I am not your automatic enemy as a black man just because you're in a badge and it's late at night or I'm driving a nice car or you see me walking around this nice house that I work hard to pay for or I'm out with a female that you don't think I should be with, or you know, and uh, the other things that they use to persecute and and badger African Americans. You know, I'm walking back from walking home from school, you know, so I must be doing something wrong. We need to totally get on our country about retraining, you know, police officers. I'm glad that you said that because it's some work that I did with the president of NAACP in, uh, in Far Rockaway, Queens. The grimy, grimy. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, she went and she was doing community relations, trying to rebuild relations between the officers and, and, and the community. And she did police officer training. And she stood up and she said, I raised a black son. And you got me scared of black men because every person in these yeah. videos black. are black men. Yeah. And black men are not the only criminals. Uh, 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 and she broke down the likelihood of a black man doing this particular crime when that might be somebody of an Asian persuasion or yeah. or somebody of a Caucasian persuasion. Because let's be real, certain races are, are stereotypically lean towards certain crimes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But when you put every crime as, a, as in the face of a black man, and this is a black man, so well, yeah. no wonder. And that has to go uh, 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 with the train now. That's this is actually a positive uh, effect because the work that that person has done actually started to change some of the training methods, mm -hmm. but it's still a long way to need to be going. Because at, yeah, I can say at least let's let's have the training to where your visual aids just don't feature people of people African Americans, black folk. Mm -hmm. Can we at least delete all these videos and get them reshot, or you know? have some other instances where you bring up situations and it doesn't involve somebody that looks like me. Well, just no, they're going to say it's not in the budget. They're going to say it's not in the budget. <laughs> that's be real. That's Our cool. budget that we get $4 million for doesn't cover that. And see, that's another thing. Def that, you know, we, they talk about defunding on the police. It wasn't about, you know, keeping... Defunding on the police wasn't about destroying police departments. It was about the stuff... It's, it's, it's a check and balance. What are you doing... With the money Instead of me you giving you five million, I'm giving you four and a half. Because you don't. Well, that's you don't, what that means. You don't need a tank as a police. That's what I was getting ready to say. Yeah, Take that money. Who, what, what war are you fighting? Right. And where are you gonna shoot this tank at? <laughs> but but yeah. but take that money instead of putting it in the bait cars, instead of putting it in the tanks, put it into the salaries of the police officers. You know what? Maybe they won't be mad because they're getting shot at for thirty thousand dollars a year. I, and, and yeah, because I because I, I will tell you, a police officer that ain't got to worry about the hustle. It's a cop that you ain't got to worry about going rogue. Mm. I, I will tell you that. I, I, I do know from some experience, you know, just talking and hearing conversations, I'm always walking up on folk talking about the crazy stuff. But cops ain't got to worry about the hustle. 
yeah, you ain't got to worry about them doing stuff out like there because they got enough coming in every, every week, every month. But that's the thing, though. That's another thing that should be on the black agenda. Make sure you're paying your civil servants, mm-hmm. your teachers, your police way. officers, your, your, fair, your firefighters, you know what I'm saying, your, your daycare workers, these, your, your nurses. These are the people that's on the front line making sure that you're taking care of every day. Yeah. Your post office workers, you ain't getting no check. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so happy we got a new president. So we'll get a new deck on. Uh, head, the head postmaster? Head, yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm so, the mail, the delivery stuff is so screwed up right about now. Oh, my gosh. The only people who get that mail is those aren't in Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Like, seriously. Yeah. I mean, you laugh, but yeah, like. Because U.S. Postal Service is screwed. You can mail a letter down the street, and that stuff ain't going to get to you for two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. You order your Amazon, that bad boy be there in 48 hours. And, and God nice. forbid you move and forwarding. You know, an address from one state to the next state, uh, yeah, you, you'll, you'll probably never see your, some of your stuff ever again in, in life. You, you'll probably never get it. So, let's recap. We said the black agenda was, um, one, better education, more resource, financial, financial resources. Financial education, yeah. Uh, and financial literacy. Yeah. Uh, we said policing of our neighborhoods. Uh, we education. said. Education. We already said education. Uh, mental health education. And mental health education. So we, we put all these things, our own party, to make sure that our agenda is being pushed. So we accept this. We put these things on the table, making sure that we have to, not just that, but make sure that we have also community outreach. Make sure we have drug treatment programs. These are the things that should be in the black agenda. Making sure that we also get our reparations, but get the financial literacy classes first. So these are the things that we're saying we, we put on the table that we need to fight for. Make sure our kid, oh, another thing. Uh, we said tech schools, vocational schools for our yeah, children. Yeah. Make sure they get that so they don't go to school and come out with two hundred thousand dollars in debt. Yeah, or if somebody is not gonna, if somebody is not does not want to do the traditional four year thing, they can do vocational ed programs to be successful, productive citizens in the country. Because everybody's not going to college. And once we get this agenda written out and and put into place, we have got to make sure we hold these politicians accountable for uh, what we set up and what we want to push. So, yeah. So, uh, with that, the hour has gotten late. Um, Last word, Dr. Frankenstein. Last word for me is step up or get out the way. A lot of times we we, we hold these positions because we want to keep these titles and but if you're not doing the work, nobody should have to call out any D9 organizations. You should be in the streets. Now, I know which ones are and which ones aren't. Those that are, much respect to you. Those that aren't, come on, step up to the plate, brothers and sisters. Uh, uh, NAACP, there are some of you that are holding it down in the streets, but most of you are not. That's a shame. That's a crying shame. Churches, stop worrying and get out here in these streets. Minister to the people and help the people organize so that way the protest can be where it's supposed to be. And there won't be any shenanigans going left and right. My final thought for tonight uh, is I get to go back to my favorite final thought, which is vote, vote, vote. We still have uh, two Senate seats to fill. So you still got uh, Reverend or Pastor Warnock out there. 
and uh, Mr. Ossoff out there. We need to go see about those two people so we can not only we flip Georgia successfully, but we also need to get control in that Senate. That's going to be so important in that Senate. So Georgia, Atlanta, whatever, make sure we still get out and vote, 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 because the job isn't 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 done yet. And also, uh, you know, I need my black people to start learning what your your, your worth is, and um, really take this next four years, these next four minutes, next four months, next four days, whatever, to realize we can put ourselves. We need to we need to raise our standards in polit- politically in this country. We need to we need to build our foundation, strengthen our foundation politically in this country, and become a force. Election uh, uh, December first, and then the Senate races special ele- uh, uh, runoff election is January fifth. All right. Say that again. District five in Georgia mm-hmm. has a House of Representatives special election that's happening December first. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the two Senate races where we have to get uh, 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 Ossoff and Warnock in. Uh, uh, that's January fifth. Okay. So, this is what I'm going to say. First thing, I'm going to say this. I'm going to give a shout out. And I know most may not know this, but <clears throat> you will have a member of Phi Beta Sigma who will be piling the shuttle to the, sh- the space station. His name is Victor Glover. So, I want to give a shout out to that man because any, any brother, sister, that's actually being allowed to be a part of NASA and flying to space, that is a beautiful and wonderful achievement. Yeah. And we all talk about Mae Jameson, but you have some that follow her. So with that being the case, shout out to Phi Beta Sigma and their brother, Victor Glover, for fine, you know, go ahead and going into space. I just say be careful. We're gonna make sure you come back. <laughs> um and I go in, if you're looking for some beautiful scents, a great smell, make sure to support the Riley Candle Company, Riley Candle Co. That's www.ryleecandle co.com and Shug's Desserts. Make sure you go ahead and support those black businesses that we've shooting out to you for this week. My last word, again, as always, be the change you want to see. We can't sit here and talk about it and not be about it. If we want to make this change, we got to get out in these streets and help this change come about. We can't be scared. Black churches, get out there. Don't just be in the pulpit you know, selling hope. Get out in these streets and help give hope. Help these people eat. Help clothe these people. Help put these people up on the roofs. Because if you can buy a jet, if you can own a bank, if you can build yourself a gymnasium, that means you can build somebody a home. Help them build these homes out here. Help these kids stop being hungry. Because a hungry child grows up to be, grows up to be a hungry teen, teenager, grows up to be a hungry man, and they're going to try to rob you. So to stop all that from happening, to cut the end to that cycle, put your foot in it. Put your hip in it. Put the work in it. Put the elbow grease to the work. Make sure that, you know, you your hands get a little a little rough and muddled from putting in that work in the quarry. Make sure we take care of our business of our people. And, again, thank you all for tuning in to the Sankofa Paradox. ATL, we love you. World, we love you. People, we love you. Them Everybody doses. support your black and minority businesses. Support each other. Push this black agenda. Get out here and do what you got to do because there's always a color of freedom. Mahalo. Yeah, yeah. DJ Nila, take us out. Take us out.
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sankofa Paradox with Ed D and Low Key on ATL Underground Radio. We are live every Sunday at 5, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with a playback of today's episode available Monday at 7 o'clock p.m. So be sure to tell a friend to tell a friend and check us out at MajorSmartENTLLC.com. You can also download the free app on Google Play and the Apple Store by typing in ATL Underground in the search bar. Got a topic you'd like to hear us touch on? Shoot us an email at MajorSmartENT at gmail.com with your suggestions. Catch you on the flip side, and we'll see you next Sunday. Peace out.